Please take your Bibles and turn to Ezekiel chapter 22. Ezekiel chapter 22. And we're going to be looking at verses 30 and 31. And uh, these verses are very special to me. Uh, for you guys that were here a couple weeks ago that heard my testimony about what the Lord's been doing in my life. I know God has wanted me in ministry for a long time now and... For the longest time, I thought it was going to be foreign missions. But in the last few years, God has given me the opportunity to preach in other churches throughout, uh, or in this area that were in need of a pastor or their pastor was away at the time. And in the last year, especially of my college, uh, I heard more and more about churches in Canada that were in need of a pastor and churches that had to close their doors because they had nobody to fill the gap that was in, being left by either the pastor that was resigning or retiring or moving to on to another type of ministry or being called to glory. And it was these verses that God really used to show me that I didn't just have this burden for Canada because I was hearing about it, but because he was actually calling me here to Canada. And what a difference it would make if when if God could take count on all of us to stand in the gap as uh, this verse of this passage talks about. So let's read Ezekiel 22, verse 30, and we'll have a word of prayer. It says, And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Therefore have I poured out mine indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that uh, we have the opportunity, Lord, to open up your word and, Lord, to have you speak to us, Lord. And, Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to speak to my church, Lord, and about something you've burdened my heart with. Dearly Father, I pray that you would just uh, use me, Lord, to get your message across. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you read closer to the beginning of Ezekiel 22 you'll come to realize that this passage of Scripture is not about a heathen nation that was near Israel or in the area at the time and God was going to bring His judgment upon them. But in fact, this is actually written to Israel. In verse 18, or verse 17 and 18 says, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, the house of Israel is to me become dross. All they are brass and tin and iron and lead in the midst of the furnace. They are even the dross of silver." And you continue to read and you read and see how the nation of Israel had just completely turned their back on God and how that they had just done so wickedly and God was going to make an example of them. But we see in these verses that God said, hey, if I could just find a man to stand in the gap, I would I wouldn't have my wrath come upon them, but I couldn't find any. And if you look in our country today, you see many things going on. You see how so many places and so many people have just turned their back on God. We don't have God in schools no more. We're, God is getting taken out of government and all these things. And you can just see our nation heading towards this. And you can see how there is a definite need for, the, for someone to stand in the gap in our country and in the world as well. And so the first thing I want to alert us to is the cause for the need. And the first cause is that the world is lost. Romans 5.12 says, Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So the first reason is that 
there needs to be someone who is willing to stand in the gap because that this world is dying and going to hell if they don't put their trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior. And in Mark 16:15, which is known as one of the passages of the Great, of the great Commission, that those of us that have, have accepted Christ uh, as our, Jesus Christ as our Savior, we're commanded to go and preach the gospel to every creature. We must remember that this isn't just the suggestion that God says, hey, if, if you want to go do this, then, you know, great. If you don't, you know, that's your choice. But no, all of us that have accepted Christ as our Savior has been given the command. And he says, go ye. It's not saying, if you want, he said, hey, you're supposed to go. I want you to go. That's what you're supposed to do. And God has put upon us the responsibility of telling the world about Jesus Christ. And if we as Christians aren't willing to do that, then who's going to? God has given us a great gift and He's called us to do that. But if all we do is accept the gift and keep it to ourselves, how is the world ever going to know about what Jesus Christ has done for them? Let me remind you that we are God's watchmen and if we are not warning them of the impending danger that is to come, then we are guilty of not doing our job and we are responsible for those people. Ezekiel 33 verse 6 says, But if the watchmen see the sword come, and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned. If the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will require at the watchman's hand. God has told us what's to come. God has given us the Bible, and as we read in Revelation, we know what's going to happen to those that don't accept Christ as their Savior. And God is telling us, hey, you got to do your part. You have to be telling people what is going to happen and how I've given them an opportunity to be spared from all that is going to happen to them. And if you as a Christian aren't going to do that, well, then when it comes to the day of judgment, there's going to be some people that you have the opportunity, you alone have the opportunity to, to, to tell the gospel to. And they could have heard it from you and accepted me as their Savior. But because you weren't willing, they may perish in hell forever. And it could be all your fault. Now, I know that some people, they're just going to deny Christ anyways. But hey, we don't know who it is. We don't know that's going, to, that's going to deny Christ. There could be that one person coming in your path this week that you might just, you know, I'll give them a tract another day, Lord. And that could be their last day. So not only is it because the world is lost, but another cause is the fact that we are losing pastors. Romans 10.14 says, How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? There were so many times during my last semester in college that Pastor Wall, pretty much every chapel would tell me, or tell us college students about churches that would call him nearly every single day asking, saying, Hey, Pastor Wall, do you guys have a, do you have a young man in your church that's willing to come and help in our church. We don't have a pastor or our pastor is looking to retire. And if we don't find somebody to come and take his place or to come and fill the pulpit, we're not going to be able to stay open and we're going to have to close our doors. And in the church planning class that I took with Pastor Thiessen last year as well, he said that five years ago there were 315 Baptist churches just in Canada alone. But today there's only 300 that's three churches every year that had to close their doors because there was no one to fill that gap. And with the increasing rap, uh, rapid increasing population of this country, 
That means that we're losing ground and the gap is getting bigger and bigger for those pastors that are still here. So we need people to stand in the gap. And also, there's the call to stand in the gap. He says, And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it. Ezekiel 22.30, the call is going out. God said, hey, I'm seeking for somebody to stand in the gap. I'm seeking someone who is willing to sacrifice his wants and desires to make a difference for the cause of Christ. You know, I'm reminded of when Isaiah was called and God said to Isaiah, who can I send and who will go for us? And God is still sending out that call today. He's calling out to this church now saying, hey, who's in this church that's willing to to stand in the gap for me? Who's in the, who's willing to go out and proclaim my name among the nations and tell the people that, hey, there is hope. There is hope in this world. And that hope is Jesus Christ. So we see that God is sending out that call. And perhaps right now you're maybe one of, like one of the soldiers of Saul's army where, you know what, you show up for the battle and as the soldiers did. They showed up for the war. They showed up for the battle. But when there was a challenge that came their way, none of them were willing to stand up. You know, we hear from the, we hear from the pulpit day in and day out and we see from God's Word how, hey, we need to be telling people about Christ and we need to be witnessing and you know, many times we can be sitting in the pew saying, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep, amen, that's right, that's what we're supposed to be doing. But how many times when we're faced with the challenge, we say, maybe another day. You know, there's been many times in my life where God's placed on my heart saying, hey, you know, why don't you give a track to that person? And I've said, maybe another day, Lord, maybe another day. You know, or an employee who's asked me a question about something that I've been learning in college or, or, you know, what I do in college or what I believe about the Bible and things like that. And I go, maybe another day. And I, I'll, I'll, I've pushed it off. And I, I'm so ashamed that, I, that I, I've done that before. And the Lord's given me more and more courage each day that I've, I've said, no, 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 this might be my only time they ask me such a question. And when I tell them, I find out that more people asked, started asking me more and more questions about it as well. And it, it gave me more strength and courage to say, hey, you know what? It's not, it's not that hard to actually tell them a little bit about what I believe and what, I, what God's, you know, working in my life. And so, I, you know, perhaps, like I said, you're here and you're like, yep, that's right, we're supposed to be doing that. You know, I want to do that. But when the challenge comes, what do you do then? You know, David saw a need and he was willing to stand in the gap. He didn't think he was somebody. He, in fact, he was just a little shepherd boy and he, he knew that. But like his reply was, he knew who his God was. And he knew that it was in God's power that he was going to be able to do something. You know, none of us can go and do something in our, in and of ourselves and in our own power for the cause of Christ. And it is only when we humbly submit to God and His will that we're able to do something and accomplish something for Him. And that's the way God wants us to come to Him as well. So we've seen... That there is that the cause of the, the, the or of the gap. We've seen the call for, of the, for the gap. What about the consequences when a gap is unfilled? Let's read the verses again. It says, "And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge, and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it. But I found none." 
Therefore have I poured out mine indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God. If we don't answer the call to fill the gap, then people will die and go to hell. And as I said earlier, I know that there's going to be some people that, regardless of how many times they hear the gospel, they will deny the Christ. But what about that one that could possibly hear the gospel from you for the first time? And that would be the time to say, wow, that's what I needed. That's what I needed to hear. I want to accept Christ as my Savior. Or perhaps that could be the one and only time that they have the op- you have the opportunity to share the gospel with them because they could lose their life the next day. I want you to notice as well <clears throat> that the very last part of verse 31 says, their own way have I recompensed upon their heads. You know, we all know that the reason people are dying and going to hell is because of sin. But we also know, as I read, that God has told us that He's, or showed us his, that He's given us a way of, of salvation and He's told us to go and tell them. And if we don't tell them, who will? You know, it's very important that we share the gospel with people. No matter who it is that we comes across our path, it's so impi- important that we tell them about it. So today you might be asking, now that we've heard, seen the cause of the gap, we've heard the call, and we looked at the consequences, what gap can you fill? Well, the very first gap that needs to be filled in each and every one of our lives is the gap between us and God. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, then this is the very important part of the message that you need to be hearing. See, at the beginning of creation, when God created Adam and Eve, He told them that there were certain things. He gave them everything in the Garden of Eden, but there were certain things that they weren't allowed to have. And when they disobeyed God and took of the tree that they were not supposed to eat of, sin came into the world and sin separated man from God. But... God had a plan in place and He had a, put a plan in place that would restore our relationship with God. And this plan was fulfilled when Jesus Christ was born of a virgin just as prophesied in the Old Testament and He died on the cross for our sins, for the sins of the whole world. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And if you're here today and have never had your relationship with Jesus Christ restored, then God desires for you to be saved and to be restored to Him today. And that's the very first gap that needs to be filled in every one of our lives. Now, if you're here today and have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then the call for you to stand in the gap is going on right now. Now, you may be thinking, but I don't feel called to to be a preacher or to be a missionary And that's fine. You don't need to be a preacher to stand in the gap. You can stand in the gap here at home or in your church or in your community. You know, parents, there is a great need for godly parents in our homes. You think about the fact of, you know, the opportunity to raise our children to love and to serve God. You know, our children are a gift from the Lord. You know, and I think of Jerome and, you know, yeah, he's bad sometimes, but boy, do I ever love him. You know, and, you know, the opportunity to 
that God gave me the chance to get to raise, you know, raise a child, you know, to, to learn to, to love God and to, to serve Him and get to say, hey, you know what, Jerome? You know, as much as we love you, and I know you're young right now, but you know what? As much as I love you, there's a God in heaven that loves you even more than I'm able to love you. You know, there's, there's a God in heaven that He knows you're a sinner and He knows that, you know, you're right now you're on your way to hell. But He sent His only Son to die on the cross for your sins. And Jerome, if you accept Him as your Savior, you're promised an eternal life in heaven with God. And you're promised to get to spend eternity forever with Him. And you don't have to suffer and go to hell. And you don't have to suffer all those things that come with it. And it's the same thing for you guys. You get the opportunity to raise your children and say, hey, as much as I love you, there's a God in heaven that loves you even more. And just thinking about the fact of how much God loves us, just it just should ought to push us to want to raise our children to live right, to, to want to push us to serve Him so that our children can look at our lives and say, hey, you know what? Our parents' faith was sincere. And as we watched their, their lives, we saw God's blessing upon them. And we saw how God provided for all their needs. And, you know, I saw mom and dad pray. And I saw God meet that need. And as for me, when I have needs, I know that I can pray. And I know that God's going to hear me. And how God can answer my prayers. And when that child grows up, they remember that, hey, you know what? There's a God in heaven that listened to my parents' prayers and took care of them. And, you know, there's that God, same God that loves me and He wants to hear my prayers and wants to take care of me. And it will make them want to leave the same path for their children. You know, I wouldn't be here today if my parents didn't tell me about how much God loved me and, and, and they, they led me along the way. Proverbs 22, verse 6 says, Train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. I'm reminded of Timothy's mother and grandmother, who Paul recalls of peop- as people of unfeigned or sincere faith. And he says, hey, Timothy, I can see that your faith is strong. And I can see part of the reason that your faith is strong is because your mother's faith is strong. And I can see part of the reason that your mother's faith is strong is because your grandmother's faith was strong. And you had all these great examples in your life. And because of that, I can see that in your life as well. And so, for us, but us that are parents, hey, what kind of what kind of you know legacy are you leaving for your children to remember you by? You know, when they look at your lives, are they going to say, hey, you know what? My parents were people that trusted in God, and that was evident in their life. And because of that, I know that I can trust God. And you know what? If the Lord blesses me with children. One day I want them to look at my life and say, hey, you know what? Mom and dad, they trusted in God. And, and I saw how he provided for their lives. And I, I want to trust God and be able to trust God like that in my life too. And if God blesses my children or blesses me with children, I want them to see in my life. And you can continue a cycle of how generation after generation, you can have people who say, hey, you know what? I want to serve God. I want to trust God the way my parents did. And wouldn't that be a great testimony to be able to look back generations and generations and generations and go and say, hey, you know what? My great, great, great grandfather, he, you know, he trusted in God and served God with his life. 
And here I am today getting to trust and serve God with my life. Wow, what that's awesome. You know, I'm in my family, I'm only te- technically a third generation Christian. My my background family's background is Mennonite, and the first people in my family was my grandfather to get saved on the, on the wolf side, and then my, my parents, and now me. You know, that's only third generation. But what if Jerome and Jerome's sons, you know, could look back and say, "Hey, you know what? Way back there is where it, you know it started." You know, it's a uh, uh, you know, and you could say, "Wow, look at look at the Lord be good," and what a testimony it is to the world as well. So at home, for us parents, you know what? We can stand in the gap and train our children to love and to serve God. And, you know, and Lord willing, they'll learn to, you know, love and serve God as well. Also, there's an opportunity here at church to stand in the gap. You know, we're always, there's, church is always in need of people to, you know, to be faithful to church, to be those that are going to be out the doors at the beginning of service saying, hey, welcome to church, you know. Here's a bulletin. Here's a tract inviting people. You know, those people are, are, you know, they have an impact in people's lives. How about nursery workers? You know, dealing with the, you know, the noisy, the noisy kids that are crying so that the parent can get to stay in church and listen to a service. Those people are important. Sunday school workers, you know, the past year, Ruth and I have had the opportunity to work in, in, in church, you know, and it, it, it's a job, but it's, it's a wonderful job. I think getting the, the fact, thinking of the fact that, hey, you know what? You gotta have an impact in the children of this church's lives. That you gotta have the impact to tell them week in and week out about all the amazing things that God did throughout the Bible and, and how they can look at that and see how, hey, God took care of His people and, hey, God loves me and wants me to be one of His people and God wants to take care of me. And you know what? There's always need for more workers in Sunday school. There's always more needs for workers in Sunday school. You know, the orchestra, they do a great job adding to the music. You know, how about the people playing piano? You know, there's always people that need, you know, it just adds to the service. You know, and I think of all the opportunity and the people that hear that song lead. And we have so many people in this church that, you know, they, they, they fill in the pulpit when pastors away at conferences and things like that. And Lord, the Lord has blessed us so much. And not every church has that. You know, but even like I said, as much as the church has blessed us, there's always still need. You know, you know how about how about youth leaders and helpers? You know, Pastor Matt's been doing a fantastic job with the with with the teens. You know, and I I don't know who was it was was in charge of it before that, but you know, the, you know, it's just always needed. And I think back in my life about you know some of the most influential people in my life were my youth leaders. You know, during those teens, those are some rough years. You know, those are when you got to make some big decisions. That's that. You know, that's also you know when the there's a lot of pressures on teenagers. And if you can have an impact on teens to say, hey, you know what, I'm going to give my life to Christ. I'm going to serve Christ with my life instead of going and chasing my dreams and doing what I want. That that's huge. You know, there were times in my life where I thought, hey, you know what, I'm just going to maybe I'll just give up the call and just do my own thing. And the reason that I'm here today is because youth leaders that cared about me and, you know, guided, helped guide me as well. So, like I said, there's tons of needs and places you could fill the gap here at church as well. How about in our country? You know, if you are here and you do feel the call to preach, then the gap in our country is huge. As I said earlier, you know, just... Four months of us of being in college that semester, 
Pastor Wall told us, you know, hey, every day I get a phone call of, of someone of a church saying, hey, do you guys have somebody that could fill the, the pulpit for us? You know, even just on Sundays, not not come be our pastor, but just somebody that could preach to us. We we really need somebody because if we don't, we got to close our doors. You know, and people are desperate. Churches are desperately searching for people like that to come fill the pulpit. And as I said, we have tons of people here that are able to preach and. You know, perhaps God has called you to preach, you know, practice that, work on that, you know, because you never know where God is going to use you. You know, it's it's so important to be always ready to, hey, you know what, maybe, you know, in the future, God, you know, I feel like God is calling me to preach. You know, I should I should start doing something about that, because who knows when God's going to call me into, into some sort of ministry. You know, I wish I could have every could fill every single pulpit. There were times in college when I I I'd hear of a church that said, "Hey, if <coughs> excuse me, if if we can't find somebody to fill our pulpit by such and such a date, we're we're going to have to close our doors." And there were times in college I heard that, and I wanted to quit college just to fill that pulpit, but I knew that wasn't what God had planned for me. But it hurt my heart. It burdened my heart. You know, perhaps you're here today and you feel called to preach. You know, there's opportunities, you know, in this area. There's, you know, churches that need pastors. And maybe, you know, come to pastors and say, hey, pastor, do you know of any churches right now that need someone to, you know, to fill the pulpit? I just want to let you know that I'm, I'm willing. Just want to let you know that I'm, I'm willing to do that if need be. You know, like I said, it, it burdens my heart to, to hear about these churches. And I, I hope it burdens your heart to hear hear about these churches that are in need as well and even just to think about what's all going on in, in our in our you know in, in our country how you know the christians that we are being persecuted we you know we're we're you know you try to share the gospel and you're shut down and and you, you know you're mocked and things like that and hey there's there is a real need in our country for someone to say hey you know what i don't care if i'm getting mocked i don't care if people are going to make fun of me and mock me hey no this is what the bible says and you know what? You need it as much as you don't think you do. And I'm not, I don't care what happens to me. It's all for the cause of Christ anyways. So it's not about me. It's about Christ. <clears throat> God is seeking for Christians that will stand in the gap. As I said, in our homes, in our churches, and in our countries. And will you guys be like Isaiah who heard the call and answered and said, Hear my Lord, send me. Or perhaps will it be like Ezekiel 22, verse 30 and 31, where he says, I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Therefore, have I poured out my indignation upon them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord. <clears throat> Excuse me, the Lord God. Perhaps God is looking at Canada and saying, "Hey, I see where Canada is headed, and you know what? There's going to have to be some judgments that are going to come, unless I can find people to stand that are willing to stand in the gap and make a difference. But right now, I don't find none. What's going to happen to our country? Where's our country going to be in ten years? You know what? That scares me. The way our country is headed, that scares me. 
Where is our country going to be in 10 years? You know, where's our country going to be in five years? There's a huge need. There's a huge need, not just for pastors, but for, for churches that are willing to stand in the gap. Let's pray.